Welcome to the Cutting Edge Ministries podcast. Our mission is threefold. One, to explain the goals and aspirations of the New World Order. Two, to explain how its implementation will affect the average American citizen and family. And number three, to show how families are being influenced now before we actually move into this system. Armed with this information, you will learn how you can protect yourself, your children, your family, your loved ones and friends, and live a triumphant Christian life in a most difficult world. And now to our podcast. Greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is Jim on behalf of David Bay, Director of Cutting Edge Ministries, located on the Internet at www.cuttingedge.org and by phone at 800-451-8211. You can also email us from our website. The title of today's message is Mushroom Clouds in the Middle East. God bless you, and may he maintain a hedge of protection around you and your family. From India-Pakistan to Arab-Israel, war seems ready to blow up any moment, and just may produce the mushroom clouds foretold in Joel 2 in the latter days. I will show signs and wonders in the heavens and on earth, blood and fire and columns of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord. Joel 2, 30-32 As the world trembles seemingly on the continuous edge of nuclear war, we have to ask ourselves this question. Since Jesus prophesied that the birth of Antichrist would be by wars and rumors of wars in Matthew 24, 6-8, Is the immediate future one of war, or merely rumors of wars? Are we going to see the wars that produce the columns of smoke, nuclear mushroom clouds spoken of in Joel 3, before or after Antichrist arises? Let us now examine the current conflict in Israel and her immediate Arab neighbors, so you can more accurately determine for yourself what the immediate future will hold. Let us examine some current and some past news articles to better figure out the pulse of the region and the lateness of the prophetic hour. In this news brief, Russian general confirms Iran has nuclear weapons. From Stratfor Intelligence, week of June 4, 2002. Quoting from the article, a Russian general statement about Iran's nukes fails to register with the media. Sometime a slip of the tongue is so incredible that no amount of doctoring can explain it, and sometimes a slip of the tongue is as intentional as it could be. Take an appearance by Russian Deputy Chief of Staff, General Yuri Balavyevsky. He gave a briefing on Monday in Moscow during the Bush-Putin summit and was asked about whether Iran actually fired the Shehab-3 intermediate-range missile in a successful test earlier this month. The second question was whether Iran can threaten Israel, Russia, or the United States with its nuclear and missile programs. Then the Russian general takes a surprise turn. Now, as to whether or not Iran has tested something like that, Iran does have nuclear weapons, Balyavesky said. Of course, these are non-strategic nuclear weapons. I mean, these are not ICBMs with a range of more than 5,500 kilometers and more. 
Now, this is shocking news indeed. The Russian general has just confirmed that Iran has nuclear warheads and theater missiles with which to deliver them. And he seems not to be concerned because these warheads cannot yet hit Russian soil. If Iran has nuclear weapons and the missile capability with which to deliver them to Israel targets, then the entire calculation of military balance in the Middle East may have just changed. For the longest time, the Arabs have realized their conventional armed forces are no match for the Israeli defense forces. The IDF has large enough manpower resources that when married to the world's most radical cutting-edge military technology produces a definitive military edge over all combined Arab forces. Therefore, Arab war planners have sought to achieve an asymmetrical capability that would neutralize the Israel advantage enough so that the small population of Israel could be annihilated even if the IDF was winning decisively on the battlefield. The 270 million population of the combined Arab states in the region has literally been put on the line by current Arab leaders in order to wage the kind of war that would finally exterminate the pesky 6 million Jews in Israel. Weapons of mass destruction fitted on theater missiles, aircraft, and human bodies are the asymmetrical weapons chosen by the Arabs. These missiles are now aimed at Israel and are fitted with nuclear, chemical, and or biological weapons. For this reason, Israel and the United States have rushed into production the most sophisticated anti-missile weaponry in existence. U.S. upgraded patriots are now in Israel, as are increasing numbers of the Israeli arrow missiles. If Iran launches their nuclear missile at Israel, the result would be the columns of smoke, the mushroom clouds foretold in Joel 2, 30-31. Let's now examine another country now feared to have nuclear weapons and the missiles with which to deliver them. In this news brief, Saudis build desert city around CSS-2 Chinese missiles from the WorldTribune.com, March 27, 2002. Saudi Arabia has constructed a desert city around a complex for the deployment of long-range missiles. The Israeli daily Yediat Haranat reported on Wednesday that the complex was built in the Al-Sulahi Desert, about 500 kilometers south of the capital, Riyadh. The complex contains large missile silos, residential areas, and factories in King Khaled City, Middle East, Newsline reported. Quoting, The newspaper published photographs from the Iconos satellite of what was identified as two missile bases and a complex of 33 buildings, eight of them capable of storing Chinese long-range missiles. Yediat identified the missiles as the CSS-2 reported to have the range of between 2,500 and 3,500 kilometers. The missile, 24 meters long, is capable of carrying a non-conventional warhead. No one in the entire world ever suggested publicly that Saudi Arabia was a nation with whom Israel might have to contend one day. Everyone thinks of the Saudis as rich, spoiled people whose military power was laughable. Yet, here we see that 
They have constructed an entire city for the purpose of operating and maintaining proven Chinese missiles capable of delivering a non-conventional warhead. This means these missiles can deliver a warhead with nuclear, chemical, or biological capability. Our mass media has been working overtime to tell us that Saudi Arabia is a weak nation without any weapons of mass destruction. Yet we see by this WorldTribune.com article of March 27th that Saudi Arabia has installed Chinese missiles capable of carrying the very warheads Saudi Arabia is not supposed to have. Let us look now at another article that sheds some more light on this subject. In this news brief, Pakistan trading nuke secrets with Saudis from WorldNet Daily, March 29, 2002, written by Geostrategy Intelligence Service. Quoting, U.S. intelligence sources are convinced that Pakistan is trading nuclear secrets with Saudi Arabia in exchange for cash to maintain and expand its missile programs, while Pakistan has acquired the expertise of the material to make nuclear bombs, it doesn't have the money for the infrastructure or the development of intermediate-range missiles to deliver the weapons. Meanwhile, Saudi Arabia does not want to get caught as the only major power in the Persian Gulf without nuclear weapons and missiles. We know that Saudi Arabia began acquiring these Chinese missiles in 1996, If the Saudis had committed to missiles capable of carrying nuclear warheads in 1996, common sense logic tells you that her rulers had also committed themselves to acquiring the nuclear warheads to go on top of these missiles. If Saudi Arabia began working with Pakistan in 1996 to produce nuclear warheads for the Saudi missiles, Israel is now facing a nuclear enemy to her south and east, not just from Iraq and Iran. Literally, Israel is almost surrounded by Arab states armed with weapons of mass destruction and the means by which to deliver them. Finally, notice that the last sentence of this portion of the Geostrategy article quoted above, quote, Saudi Arabia does not want to get caught as the only major power in the Persian Gulf without nuclear weapons and missiles, end quote. This sentence literally means what it says. Every major power in the Persian Gulf has nuclear weapons. Iraq, Iran, Syria, and Egypt come to mind immediately. If this statement is true, then the latest developments regarding Egypt suddenly take on a new meaning. Listen, in this news brief, Egypt has northern Korean missiles. Experts warn Congress of possible threat to Israel by WorldNet Daily Geostrategy Intelligence Service, May 30, 2002. Quoting, a leading foreign policy expert testified to the House subcommittee that Egypt recently purchased 24 Nodong medium missiles from North Korea. The assertion was made to the House Armed Services Committee on May 23rd The witnesses said that the purchase was made recently and the missiles could be tipped with non-conventional warheads. Once more, you have that reference to non-conventional warheads that is so troubling. If we assume that Egypt has nuclear weapons, as the May 25th Geostrategy article implies, then this development makes a whole lot of sense. Egypt is seeking theater missiles that can carry nuclear warheads and deliver them on target. 
if just these 24 missiles penetrated Israeli missile defenses loaded with nuclear weapons, Israel's population is annihilated. And this is exactly the plan of an attack upon Israel. Open the attack with the simultaneous launch of hundreds of missiles at once. Such an attack would have an excellent chance of overwhelming Israelis' defense systems, allowing the handful of missiles to get in that would annihilate Israel's tiny population. Now let us consider an article that tells us that Egypt is also planning a war with Israel. In this news brief, Egypt prepares commanders for regional war. From Me News Online, quoting, Egypt is preparing senior military commanders for the prospect of a regional war. The preparations have included high-level government briefings of army commanders and a review of weapons and supplies of the major military commands. Over the weekend, Egyptian Defense Minister Hussein Tantawi gathered commanders and senior officers of the 2nd and 3rd Armies. Both armies, which have completed a series of exercises over the past year, are deployed in northeastern Egypt, as well as in the Sinai Peninsula near the Israeli border. Egypt has prepared her army and air force units for war against Israel. Egypt wants Israel dead, just as badly as any other Arab country. Since this is the case, why is Israel seemingly cooperating with the implacable Arab enemies, encouraging them to even greater boldness? In this news brief, diplomatic surge may produce deal in Israel by the Debka file, 29 May 2002. Quoting, While the Summer Middle East Conference and Palestinian Authority reforms grab world headlines, Debka Files' exclusive military and intelligence sources report senior diplomatic and intelligence officials in Washington, Cairo, Riyadh, Jerusalem, and at least one European capital, namely Berlin, working against the clock to reshuffle the components of the Middle East crisis into a new pattern. Under another provision, the Egyptian army will be moved up to the frontier with Israel to block off a primary Palestinian arms and personnel smuggling route that runs through the tunnels from Sinai into the Gaza Strip. Let us quickly review this last sentence just to make sure you got it. The Egyptian army will be moved up to the frontier with Israel to block off a primary Palestinian arms and personnel smuggling route that runs through tunnels from Sinai into the Gaza Strip. Isn't this a little like asking the hungry fox to guard the door to the chicken coop? Even though Israel knows fully well that the Egyptians want her dead almost as much as does Arafat and Saddam Hussein, they're allowing the Egyptian army to move right in to her border on the Gaza Strip. What kind of nonsense is this? Egypt would not have to move her big guns into position because they would already be in position. Israel would lose the buffer zone upon which she has always depended in her strategies of meeting and defeating an Egyptian attack. Thus, it seems that the Arabs are slowly and consistently 
putting into place all the component parts of their comprehensive plan to finally attack and overwhelm Israel. Now the question of the hour becomes, why is Israel and her ally, the United States, allowing this to happen? Even as Israel is being threatened with her very survival, both she and the U.S. are allowing the Arab buildup and encirclement to continue, a fact which has to be encouraging the Arabs mightily. The only logical answer is that Israel and the United States have in place such a cutting-edge technological military machine that no amount of Arab military muscle can overcome it. In this regard, we can only think of God's promise to Israel in the latter days. Quoting from Zechariah, And in that day I will make Jerusalem a burdensome stone for all peoples. All who lift it, or burden themselves with it, shall be solely wounded. And all the nations of the world shall come and gather against it. In that day, says the Lord, I will smite every horse of the armies that contend against Jerusalem with terror and panic, and its rider with madness. And I will smite every horse of the opposing armies with blindness. In that day will the Lord guard and defend the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Zechariah 12 3 through 8. And quoting again, And it shall be in that day that I will make it my aim to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. Zechariah 12 9. Then the Lord go forth and fight against these nations as when he fought in the day of battle. Zechariah 14 3. And I will bring back the exiles of my people Israel, and they shall no more be torn up out of their land which I gave them, says the Lord your God. Amos 9, 14-15 Since God brought Israel back to her land as a nation in 1948 in unbelief, just as he prophesied he would. Read the details in our news article, News 1010. He has protected her like he did in her early national history. Since this is the case, let us examine some of God's original promises to Israel regarding her protection. Quoting from Deuteronomy, The Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come out against thee one way and flee before thee seven ways. Deuteronomy 28.7 And the Lord caused the enemies to panic before Israel, who slew them with a great slaughter. Joshua 10.10 When thou goest out to battle against thine enemies, and seest horses and chariots, and a people more than thou, be not afraid of them. For the Lord thy God is with thee, which brought thee up and out of the land of Egypt. Deuteronomy 20.1 God has always kept the Israelites to a number much smaller than her enemies so that he would get the glory when Israel inflicted terrible slaughter against the numerically superior forces. Quoting from 1 Samuel, And all the assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not the sword and spear, for battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. 1 Samuel 17.47 
Today it is still true. The battle is the Lord's. And quoting from Second Chronicles, And he said, Hearken ye, all Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou king Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid, nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours but God's. Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. Second Chronicles twenty fifteen through 17 Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Psalm 24, 8 And from Proverbs, The horse is prepared against the day of battle, but safety is of the Lord. From Proverbs twenty one thirty one. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. From Isaiah fifty four seventeen. Upon this note, we conclude this podcast. Even though all the heathen nations rage around Israel, even though they equip themselves with the highest technology money can buy, and even though they outnumber the Jews in the land forty-five to one, God will mightily destroy them, so that all the nations of the world may know understand and comprehend that he alone is God. Multitudes, multitudes, in the valley of decision, for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. Joel 3.14 The very fact that you are seeing such a build-up of nations in the Middle East now that Israel has been back in her land for over 70 years is proof positive that we are at the very end of the age. Are you spiritually ready? Are you adequately protecting your loved ones? Your eternal soul is at stake. Please read our articles with the greatest of care and with your spiritual eyes opened. Visit our website at cuttingedge.org for more information. God bless you and thank you for listening.